friends and welcome to the Seeker Podcast, that service of change where we challenge reality, question what you've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change. I'm your host, Dennis Nappy II with Service of Change, where you can read my book for free, I Am Human and We Are Not Who We Think We Are at serviceofchange.com slash I Am Human. I would love it if you checked it out. It's a buildup for the next big book coming from me, I Am Human, Food for the Archons. It's a really great insight into the human condition and who we truly are, what our potential is as a species and what may be feeding on us. It's a really good uh, good topic that I'm working on. But tonight, I want to talk about emergency preparedness. Are you ready to handle an emergency should disaster strike in your area? Something that we need to be thinking about. But I want to direct you first to the Service of Change page. Lots of ways to access the show, iTunes, SoundCloud. You can get the free Service of Change app from serviceofchange.com. I'd love it if you subscribe to the Secret Newsletter. That's how you're going to get to, to listen, uh, I mean, to read I Am Human for free. And it's just a great way. That's you know I send it out every week. It's a way that I can communicate with my listeners, with my readers. I've been getting some great feedback from the newsletters. So to my, to my readers out there who've been uh, writing back to me, you know, thank you so much. And you usually do get a note back from me. Facebook, a lot of good videos going up on the Facebook feed. The links are all at servicechange.com. I can't talk about everything on the air that I have on the Facebook feeds. I wish I had the time to do it, but uh, had some good discussions going this week through the Facebook feed and also with our forum through Goodreads. We have a discussion forum as well up there. So uh, I'd like to th- say thank you up front to, uh, to everybody that's been uh, reaching out and, uh, and sharing your thoughts. Had some great feedback to the Mandela Effect last week's show. Uh, some really good comments on that as well. So thank you to my listeners out there. So, and lastly, Authors Wanted, if you are a writer, let Service of Change help you in the writing process with with editing, typesetting, setting your book up, and uh, eventually publishing it and getting it out there to the world, turning your dreams into reality. So check us out, servicechange.com slash publishing. There's more information there. All right, let me let me jump into this show. Commercial's over. I got to give those plugs because that's, that's how this show keeps going. So uh, emergency preparedness. This is something that I'm always thinking about. And and first and foremost, I, I want to say, do not 
be afraid. My goal is not to scare you into getting prepared. I know that's a popular tactic because there's something exciting behind that. Get that excitement of, oh my gosh, I got to get ready. I got to get prepped. You know, it, not exciting necessarily in a good way, but it's a bit of an adrenaline rush when you think of that. I've been really into, you know, I've been up and down with my level of preps that I've, that I've done. I mean, I've, I've had a bug out bag that probably weighed about 75 pounds at one point. And uh, that was just too much for me. But, uh, you know, I, I've taken a varying levels of interest in this. And, and what I've learned through my experiences in life, in the things that I've been a part of as a, as a soldier, as a, as a private detective, private security agent, as a police officer, um, you know, it, it pays to be prepared. It makes a big difference. So, you know, just this past week, we had two earthquakes that struck Japan. And then we had the one in uh, Ecuador, which as of the date of this recording, the death tolls, CNN's quoting 272 people killed, 2,527 people injured. So uh, that's a big number, and it's scary. And, and I'm going to tell you, you know, I, I've seen it. When I was, you know, after Hurricane Katrina hit, I went down with a private security group, and we were providing armed security for... Um, you know, for, for some of the volunteers there that were feeding people coming through the line, we were feeding about a thousand people a day. And that it was devastated. Everything was gone. I was in a town called Slidell, just off of Lake Pontchartrain, and they said a 20-foot storm surge came through, and literally there was nothing left but the foundation for some of these homes. Everything was gone. So that's what goes through my head. Whenever I see a disaster alert come through, it's I know what can happen. Uh, and for those of us that have never been in a crisis or an emergency, it's hard to really fathom. You can watch the news. You can see that stuff. But it's hard to really imagine that happening unless you witness it, unless you're a part of it, unless you experience it. But that doesn't mean you can't prepare for it. But does that mean you need to spend every single day on edge, worried, oh, my gosh, if I don't you know, have all my canned goods stacked and labeled – I'm not going to survive the apocalypse. No. And I want to do, I'm going to get sidetracked for a minute here. And if you've been following the show, I'm going to put the truth seekers spin on it, you know, and, and tap into some esoteric stuff here for a minute. But in, in my shows, I've talked about, I've provided evidence, you know, uh, talking about how consciousness has an influence over our reality. The things that we think, the things that we project, you know, I've talked about the Maharishi effect, how meditation can influence peace and violence in a particular area. And there's other research out there talking about the influence that consciousness and observation has on the physical universe around us. I'm not going to go too into it because that's not what the show is about. Go back and listen to the old shows. So, you know, to the regular listeners, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Now, there is, for the last 10 to 15 years, there has been a huge market. Let, let's say since 9-11. There's been a huge market for these survivalist, for survivor shows or prepper shows. You know, get ready for the worst. And, and I'm not saying these shows are bad. I've enjoyed them. It's one of my guilty pleasures. But here's my thought. Is that it gets us in a conscious level of, of creation of... I need to prepare for this because I'm envisioning this type of end of the world disaster. So let me let me put a conspiracy thing on spin on top of my truth seeker spin. Now I'm going to have a little bit of fun with this, but 
let's let's say that we do have this ability. Our consciousness can create things. So now the orchestrators of all this mess, let's pretend it's one big grand conspiracy because that's fun for me to do. Let's say they are coordinating, putting out all these programs that we now have interest in, that we now start feeding that fire, that conscious creation, saying something bad's going to happen, something bad's going to happen, something bad's going to happen, and therefore we are the vehicle by that which creates that negative disaster, that terrible disaster, because the seed was planted in our minds, and then we let fed that seed, we nurtured it, and we allowed it to grow through consciousness and drew that in, as opposed to if we focus on everything's going to be okay, I'm prepared, there's peace, there's good, you know, I'm not saying put the blinders on, be naive, I'm just saying this goes through my head, so when I do my preps because of my metaphysical studies because of my you know my awareness of how the universe might work um i don't think in that type of mindset anymore like oh my gosh this is coming i gotta be so afraid instead i think i'm gonna be prepared in case something happens but i want these preps to be a part of my everyday life and i'm gonna explain that in a minute and I don't mean that you should live to prep and then by the time you're at your deathbed you say, well, the disaster never happened and I never really did anything, but I was prepared because you see that a lot too. Some people spend so much money preparing for something and disaster never strikes. And if disaster does strike and you survive, you know, for two years, three years, whoop de do Because did you enjoy your life? <clears throat> did you know and, and some and, and prepping can be enjoyable i'm not i'm not really i'm not putting preppers down please don't take that away from this i respect it a lot but we need to take some time and, and enjoy ourselves as well and put that positive karma that positive energy out there as well make life worth living because if the worst does happen you can look back and you can say at least i had that moment Okay, I can go on forever about this, but now let's so let's talk about your preps. There was a video I showed on the Facebook feed. This is why I hope you guys are checking out the Facebook stuff as well. I put it on the Facebook feed, and it was a guy going through his bug out bag. And I, what I really liked about it, and I'll have the link in the show notes for this for this episode at serviceofchange.com. But what I liked about this guy is he wasn't hitting the panic button, and he was saying how he repacks his bag every single day with his with his. Um, I, I don't know if you call it his urban getaway bag, his bug out bag. There's so many different names for it. But he packed, you know, a change of clothes. He had a good flashlight in there, a couple knives, uh, you know, a lighter. But it was basic stuff, stuff, you know, that had a practical use that he actually used every single day. As an example, my when I first really got into this, I went out and bought an expensive camping backpack. And I stuffed it with everything I could think of that I may possibly need one day. And that bag must have weighed about 75 pounds. And we had a hurricane come through, I guess, about four years ago now. And, you know, and it was pretty scary. And we had some tornadoes touch down while this hurricane was going on as well. And I literally sat in my hallway with that backpack on my back, you know, strapped to my waist. Everything was tied up tight, just waiting. Because I said, well, if I get blown away, I want to have all my stuff with me. But, you know, is that necessarily practical? Because I think a lot of times when we prep, and we put a bug out bag together, we're thinking, we think to ourselves, okay, the apocalypse is going to happen. The world's about to end and I'm going to be walking about 200 miles. I need everything from machine guns to fire starters to six months of food. And, and the reality is that's just not practical. There's so much stuff. So 
you know, number one, keep it light and think, think about it like this. Instead of have a plan for the worst. I always say plan for the worst, but also have an everyday prep. Basically meaning if I'm sitting in my house and, and somebody has a medical emergency and we need to go to the hospital, I need to have a bag that I can grab that has the essential supplies that I'm going to need to get me through the next 24 to 48 hours. A change of clothes, some cash that's in there, something to do if I have children, some games, some entertainment, some snacks, some food, a water bottle, you know, um, emergency phone numbers in case your phone dies, a phone charger, backup batteries, those types of things, you know, and have that ready for for yourself and, and update it regularly. This guy, every night, he would unpack it because he used this stuff every single day. So I've kind of tried to incorporate that now. I have a bag. I don't pack it and unpack it every night, but I'll take one or two things in and out of it. Um, and then every, you know, as the seasons change, I change the, the extra clothes that are in there and stuff too. And I have multiple bags that I keep. I keep one bag that that's my bag. If an emergency, let's say there's a fire in my house, I grab my one bag that's going to have the bare essentials in there that I'm going to be able to know that my family and I are going to have what we need to at least get us through the next 48 hours out of the house. Change of clothes, maybe some deodorant, toothbrush, toothpaste, definitely have some cash, maybe some extra credit cards. Uh, it's a good idea to put all your, you can even put all that information electronically on a flash drive or print it out or write it down on index cards and stick it in your bag so you have your account numbers, your phone numbers for your credit card companies. Some way you can get in touch with these people, your insurance agents, contact information because you might lose your cell phone. You know, the cell towers might go down if we have some kind of natural disaster or catastrophic event. So these are all things that you need to, to think about. You know, have these numbers, emergency things planned. Uh, and ready to go, but I, so I'll keep that one basic bag that that I'll take with me, um, you know, that I have ready to go in an emergency in my home, and, I, and I'll take it when I travel or when, if I leave the house or whatever. Have a bag for you know, let's say just just walking around town that's got you know a few different things in there, um, you know, maybe a snack, a water bottle, again, change of socks, uh, cell phone charger, extra batteries. Uh, a camera. Sometimes I like to carry binoculars with me. I have a small pair of binoculars. You never know when you need to, you know, see something from a distance. They have come in handy over the past. I've had these for over 20 years. Um, and I also have a car kit. I've got stuff that stays in my car, and I also have a bag um, that I have in my car that I can quick grab. If I, let's say I'm in a car accident, or let's go the prepper route. Let's say the EMP goes off and we lose all power, and I'm on a major highway in the middle of the city, gridlock. We know panic could possibly ensue after that. I need a bag that I can quick grab that bag, get out of my car, and get out of that city if I have to be on foot so I'm good to go. So I do keep a bag like that in my car. you know. And, and it's got things. I have a, a um, something to jump my car battery. It will also charge my cell phone, and it fits basically in a, in a cargo pocket. Um, I keep that in there. Uh, you know, again, bottled water, snacks. In, in the winter season, I have a change of clothes. I always keep a pair of thermals. I keep gloves. I keep an extra hat. I keep blankets. I have emergency blankets. And I have a first aid kit. Now, I'm building my first aid kit again. I'm building it up. But, you know, I like to have a kit for trauma that's in there as well. Just last week, I was driving my son home from school, and we came up on a car that was overturned. Now, I went to grab my bag, but I noticed there's already somebody on the scene providing first aid. They didn't need me. I got back in my car and I kept going. But had I been the first one there, which I've, has happened before, you grab your bag if you're trained in first aid, which I recommend, and you go help. You know, and you don't have to panic. My point is, 
If you pack your bag once, throw it in the corner and never think about it, when an emergency strikes, you're not going to know what's in it. You're not going to know what to do with it, and you're still going to have those moments of pause and delay where you're thinking, what should I grab? What do I need to do? So this should become a part of your everyday routine. And in the beginning, it may take a little bit of time, but eventually it's going to become a habit. It's going to become routine. And it's going to take you three to five minutes a day to just grab your bag, put your stuff in it, and go. And that's the point. That's training. That's muscle memory. That's creating those routines, creating those habits. So then there is no fear behind it. It's just you know, I have my stuff for everyday life. And I think the best example out there, and they don't ever get the credit they deserve for the, I'd say the world's first prepper and the best prepper ever would be the mom. Moms have their purse or their diaper bag, and it's got everything your child and the husband, like my wife, could possibly need in however long you're going to be gone. And they pack it so well. They've got games. They've got phone numbers. They've got tissues. They've got diapers. They've got wipes. They've got creams. They've got snacks for the kids, snacks for me. Uh, I mean, you know, she, she does everything. So that, but that is, an, in essence, that's a bug out bag. That's an emergency bag. But it's not an emergency because those are situations that if she wasn't prepared for it, if she didn't have the stuff she needed, they could turn into an emergency. But because it's everyday routine, it's less scary. So if you train for something, if you prepare for something, and then you live by that every day, when an emergency happens, your adrenaline's not going to spike as much because you're going to know what to do. You're not going to panic, and it makes a world of difference in that situation. So what, I, what you should do to start this out, because I feel like I'm all over the place again, which I usually am, but I want you to make a list. and Make a list of your practical day-to-day operations and of all the things that could possibly go wrong and what you, could, what you would need in those situations. And then see how you can consolidate those things and put them in some kind of a backpack, a briefcase. If you want to just wear everything on your belt, depending on what you do, you know, have some kind of carrying system. Have something that you can keep in your house that's close to your bed. So if you have to get up in the middle of the night and go, grab it and go. Have everybody in your family pack a bag. You know, keep And again, same thing with your vehicles. If you go on a trip, you may have to change what you have packed, what you have prepared. You know, And then... On a separate note, you have your your disaster preps. And these are things that you're going to keep in your house, your extra food storages, you know. Um, But again, when I first started prepping, I was like, ooh, canning is cool. Let me prep stuff for canning. And I canned a bunch of stuff that that I don't even eat. And it's great, yeah, if there's an emergency, but that food kind of went to waste because, well, the disaster never struck. And then five years went by and the stuff was starting to be not so good anymore and I had to get rid of it. So... The best way to prep is to build up your supply a little bit at a time, but make it of stuff that you use. So then you can rotate it out by eating it and not wasting it. And you want to build up your stockpiles that way. Now, if you want to have you know a couple MREs on hand that are quick that you can they can last you know pretty much forever, those buckets might not be a bad idea in case you're stranded or stuck without power for a week or two. You know they're a good supplement to have as well. Um, you know, every plan is going to be different. Every family is going to be different. But you don't, it doesn't have to be something that's necessarily scary. If you prepare for it, if you, if you train for it, if you think about it, just role play it in your head. But again, make it more routine. Make it more of, you know, these are the things I need in case an emergency happens as opposed to, oh my gosh, the end of the world is going to happen and I need to get a bigger backpack. 
you know, I think our mindset makes a really big difference uh, in these preps and these things that we're doing here. And, and let's talk a minute because everybody, when they start prepping, they start thinking zombie apocalypse. Not everybody. I'm, I'm generalizing here. But that's one that, that goes through people's minds. Now, whether you prescribe to that line of thinking or not, the subject of weapons and self-defense comes up. And here's what I'm going to say. I'm saying this as a, as a former soldier, as a former police officer, um, you know, former private security officer. Whatever you choose to handle yourself with, to, to use as your self-defense arsenal, you better train with it. You better prepare with it. If you carry a firearm, get extensive training in not just how to use that firearm, but also how to retain that firearm, how to prevent someone else from taking that weapon from you. Many police officers that are killed in the line of duty are killed with their own weapons because they lose it. And let me tell you, when I went through the academy, they beat the crap out of us in training us how to hold on to our weapons. We had extensive training in weapon retention. So if you've never trained for that, and you come up with somebody who knows what they're doing or who's just stronger than you, they're going to take your weapon. Okay? So these are all things that you need to think about. If you're going to carry a weapon, you need to be prepared to use it. You need to know when to use it. You need to know what the laws are in your state, in your county, in your township, whatever the ordinances are, governing the use of those weapons. Uh, you know, and, and gun control is a whole different debate, a whole different subject. But this, these are all things that... Um, you know, you should think about and plan for, you know, and if you're going to carry a firearm, again, train for it and and have a system of how you're going to do it and be safe about it. Lock it up when you're not using it, especially if there's children in the house. Don't sleep with it under your pillow, you know, have a way to, to lock it up. There's safes so that you can put it in where you can get that weapon out almost instantly. You know, there's a minimal delay to get it out of that safe, but everybody's safe that way. Your kids won't get to it and the bad guys won't get to it. So that's my caveat on weapons, and I, I just felt the need to talk about that. Can't hurt to take a self-defense course. Be situationally aware. Pay attention to the news. See what's going on. Don't get overindulged in the news, but when you have the weather alerts coming up, hey, a hurricane's brewing or this or that, pay attention to it. Know where the storm's going. Know where your emergency shelters are. Know what your evacuation routes are, not just out of your house, but out of your neighborhood. Have multiple evacuation routes, both that you can take on foot and in your vehicle. You know, if, if uh, a hurricane's coming or, or some kind of storm's coming and, and you're going to ride it out, make sure your vehicle is topped off with gas. Make sure you have extra gas in a gas can in case you have to get out of town and it's going to be a 200-mile drive because the devastation's so bad until you can get to another gas station. Have, available, have cash available in case the credit card machines go down. There, you know, these are all things to think about. You know, I, I have a, a, a bunch of big jugs of water that I fill up when uh, we have the risk of losing power because we have well water. So lots of different things you can think about. You can have fun with it, but don't lose your mind over it. And I I think the most important thing is make it your part of your routine. You know, like I said, seasonally, I'll update everything based on, you know, the clothing and the weather and the climate. Before I travel, I, I, I may, you know, I'll repack different bags and things of that nature. And I'm constantly assessing my needs every day, you know, as far as, um, you know, carrying a firearm. I can't tell you how many different ways I've tried carrying my firearm to find what works best because I'm not a police officer anymore. I'm, I'm a civilian now. I'm not wearing a uniform. I'm not carrying it openly anymore. So... 
I've had to find various different systems with, you know, w- within the things that I'm doing uh, for me to best, that, that works best for me. And it's taken a while. And I finally found a system that I'm comfortable with, which I, no offense, but I'm not going to share here on the air, but find what works for you. That's, that's my, uh, my greatest advice. And, and again, keep it simple and keep it light. You know, you know, because you may have to walk. If you have to walk, if it's the worst case scenario, you don't want to be carrying 75 pounds of stuff on your back. So keep it as light and as simple as you can. All right. Once again, I've gone longer than I wanted to go. So I'm going to draw this podcast to a close here. Uh, I'd again like to thank you for uh, taking the time to listen. Hit me up with any questions that you have. I hope I wasn't too all over the place for you. But, uh, you know, any, any questions you have, any suggestions you have, throw them up on the Facebook page, throw them up on the Goodreads forum. Uh, you know, again, servicechange.com, just click on the forum tab. Uh, I'd love to hear your advice. What are you doing? What works for you? What type of preps are you into? Um, a lot of different ideas out there. And uh, just, just let me know what you think. And, again, if you're an author, click on that publishing tab. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to help you. Uh, you know, turn that book, take the next step, and, and let's go ahead and, and get it published. Catch us on iTunes, catch us on SoundCloud, catch us on the Service of Change app, catch us on YouTube, forgot to mention that one in the beginning, and make sure you subscribe to the Secret Newsletter. A lot of good stuff coming through that letter every week, and uh, you'll get to read I Am Human, and we're not who we think we are, for free. I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this show again. I am Dennis Nappy II with Service of Change, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be Be that change. Never stop questioning and keep an open mind. Thank you. Welcome to Truth Seekers.